Harriet the Spy by Louise Fitzhugh, Chapter 4. The next afternoon, after her cake and milk, Harriet went straight to Mrs. Plummer's house. She knew it was dangerous, but once her curiosity was aroused, she had never been able to give up a spot on her route. As soon as she got to the house, she saw little Joe Curry in conversation with the maid. She sidled around the front, took a ball from her pocket that she always carried for such moments, and began to engage in an innocent-looking game of ball right in front of them. Little Joe was leaning against the door. He always looked tired when he wasn't eating. The maid sounded very aggravated. Having got the change, she went off and left me without a cent. Well, when will she be back? I could come back. Lord knows. When she go to Elizabeth Arden, sometimes she's gone all day. A lot of work to do on her, you know. The maid giggled nastily. Man, she got all that jack and don't pay. They're all alike. They got The more they got, the less they pay. And with that pronouncement, little Joe shuffled off back for his afternoon snack. Harriet looked unconcerned as he went past. The maid went inside. Harriet leaned against the hydrant and wrote, I wonder what they do to her all day. I once saw my mother in a mud pack. They'll never get me in a mud pack. She slammed her book and went to the DeSantis. The store was terribly busy. Everyone was running to and fro, even Franca, who usually had to be propped up somewhere. Little Joe wasn't even back yet. Well, thought Harriet, this looks like a rotten spy day. She checked Mrs. Plummer and the DeSantis off her list and went on to the Robinsons, the next people on the route. The Robinsons were a couple who lived on a duplex on 88th Street. When they were alone, they never said a word to each other. Harriet liked to watch them when they had company because it made her laugh to see them showing off their house because the Robinsons had only one problem. They thought they were perfect. Luckily, their living room was on the ground floor of their duplex. Harriet scurried through the back passageway to the garden, and there, by leaning around a box kept for garden tools, she could see in without being seen. The Robinsons were sitting, as they always were, staring into space. They never worked, and what was worse, they never read anything. They bought things and brought them home, and then they had people in to look at them. Otherwise, they didn't seem to do a blessed thing. The doorbell rang. Ah, said Mrs. Robinson, there they are now. She got up sedately and walked slowly, even though she had obviously been sitting there waiting for the ring. She looked critically at Mr. Robinson as he adjusted his smoking jacket, then went to the door. Come in, Jack, Martha. How lovely to see you. It's been so long. How long will you be in town? Well, we... Look, before you go a step further, look, Martha, at these lovely vinyl squares I just got put in. Aren't they perfect? Yes, they are. And that chest in the corner, isn't that a find? Well, it's just... Mr. Robinson stood up. Hello there, Jack. Hi there, fella. Long time no... Hey, Jack, I want to show you my gun collection. You haven't been here since I got two new ones. Just come in here and... They disappeared from Harriet's view. Martha, come here. You must see the... Oh, oh, put your coat and purse down in this perfect place. This 18th century luggage rack. Isn't it divine? Why, yes, it's... Look, come here, right over here. Now, isn't that the most beautiful garden scene you've ever seen? Oh, yes, ah, yes. It's just, you know, Martha, we have the most perfect life. You don't have any children, do you, Grace? Why, no, but frankly, we think that's just perfect. Harriet, having ducked when they looked at the garden, fell over laughing. When she recovered herself, she grabbed her notebook. Boy, oh, golly, told me once that some people think they're perfect, but she ought to see these two. They had a baby, it would laugh its head off all the time at them, so it's a good thing they don't. Also, it might not be perfect. Then they might kill it.
I'm glad I'm not perfect. I'd be bored to death. Besides, if they're so great, why do they just sit there all day staring at nothing? They could be crazy and not even know it. She headed over to Harrison Withers' house. She liked to look at the bird cages he made, but more than that, she intended to be there when he got caught. The health department was forever trying to get in to catch him because he had too many cats, but Harrison Withers was very crafty. Whenever his doorbell rang, he looked out the window, and if the man ringing the doorbell wore a hat, he never let them in. All the men in the health department wore hats, and Harrison Withers didn't know anybody who wore a hat. Harriet climbed the steps to the top floor of his rooming house and the last flight that led up to the roof. She could look through one skylight at a place where the paint had worn away, and she was sure she couldn't be seen from inside. She peered down. As she did, she remembered that she had planned to watch him in the supermarket to see if he lived on kidneys like the cats. The cats were all milling about. She went to the other skylight. Sunlight flooded the other room, but here caught glints from tools from the tiny shining minarets which topped the cages. Harriet liked to look at this room. The cages were beautiful, soaring things, and when he was in this room, Harrison Withers was a happy man. Harriet liked to watch him work, admired the patience with which he was able to bend over for hours, twisting minuscule wires around ridiculously small connections. Oh, what luck! Harrison Withers was just coming through the door with a big shopping bag. Now she could see what he ate. The cats all followed him into the kitchen as he started taking things out of the bag. They started mewing and rubbing his legs as he took kidney after kidney out of the bag. There now, children. He spoke to them gently. He always spoke very softly. There now. We're all going to eat now. Hello, everybody. Yes, yes, hello. Hello, David. Hello, Rasputin. Yes, Goth, Alex, Sandra, Thomas, Wolf, Pat, Puck, Faulkner, Cassandra, Gloria, Circe, Koufax, Mary Jane, Willie Mays, Francis, Kokoschka, Donna, Fred, Swan, Mickey Mantle, Sebastian, Yvonne, Jerusalem, Dostoevsky, and Barnaby. Hello, hello, hello. Harriet had counted this time. There were 26. That meant that the 26 plates were for the cats. What did he eat from? She watched as he pulled from the very bottom of the bag one small container of yogurt. Cats don't eat yogurt, thought Harriet. That must be what he eats. She watched while he fed the cats, then spooned a bit of yogurt into his mouth. He went to his workroom carrying the container and closed the door behind him because the cats were not allowed in that room. He sat at his work table before a particularly beautiful cage, a replica of a Victorian summer house. Quiet descended upon the room as he sat studying the cage. His hand moved as if in a dream to put the yogurt to one side. He looked lovingly, his eyes slightly glazed, at the one small unfinished portion of the structure. Very slowly he moved one piece of a quarter of an inch to the left. He sat back and looked at it a long time. Then he moved it back. Harriet wrote in her notebook. He loves to do that. This is what Olgali means. She says some people who love their work love life. Do some people hate life? Anyway, I wouldn't mind living like Harrison Withers because he looks happy, except I wouldn't like all those cats. I might even like a dog. She took one look at Harrison Withers, who was gently winding a piece of wire around two little curling pieces of wood. She got up, then went down to the street. In front of the house, she stopped to write. There is also that yogurt. 
think of eating that all the time. There's nothing like a good tomato sandwich now and then. She decided to go see Janie a while before going on the rest of her route.